Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours as we talk football with you. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, we will start with our friend Scott Darkerman from The Athletic. We'll look back at Iowa's thrashing of the Spartans, uh, a much-needed win inside the program for the fan base, and they got what they wanted uh, in a big, big way. Lots of positives coming out of that football game, and we'll see them next on uh, Friday night. Six o'clock is the kickoff for that one as they will head to the Twin Cities. Uh, we're also going to talk to our friend Nick Athen from PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. The Chiefs arrive at their bye week, looking like they are indeed the uh, team to beat in the NFL yet again. Carolina could not have played a better football game, and still, it wasn't enough to knock off the Chiefs yesterday. Bama Bob Trent and I will go around college football at 11.05. An eventful weekend in college football, to say the least. And then Dave Sproul from KASI, he's... Going to listen in to Matt Campbell's teleconference and then jump on with us about 11.30. Mr. Monday night will make an appearance before we get out of here just before noon. How are you, Trent Condon? Not too bad. Uh, rough weekend gambling-wise, but the in-state schools pick up a couple of victories. The Bears are still terrible. Yeah, they are. And uh, I, I was mentioning... Uh, They're I think boring to watch is what they are. A week ago, the Vikings, one of my buddies, uh, jumped on. Delvin Cook to win the MVP. I'm like, eh, that's a ridiculous bet before the Green Bay game at 750 to 1. Boy, they get a, into the playoffs. Crazier things yeah, have happened. Yeah, look at 750 to 1. You got a, at least you got a, you a little bit of a thrill, right? right that, yeah. uh, that you're in the hunt. I mean, those odds today would be down significantly. But yeah, the Vikings all of a sudden find themselves, they, they beat the Bears on Monday night. Mm-hmm. They're in the hunt. Who do you like in the NFC? Who's your favorite team right now? Who's the team that you say they're going to the Super Bowl? Okay. This is going to sound crazy because I saw it with my own two eyes and sort of the country last night. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're still with Tampa? I'm still on Tampa Bay. They get clubbed last night. They have a yes. loss to the Bears. I know. I know. I they're 5-3. and three. They wouldn't host a playoff no, game. No, they're going to have to go on the road. You're right. And have to go on the road three consecutive yeah. times more than likely. Seattle's defense is has has issues. Uh, New Orleans last night, they couldn't have played a better football game. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything went their way. If I had to take a stab, I guess Tampa. I mean, I guess. Do you, Who do you like? I hate Seattle's defense. Yeah, I do, too. Green Bay. I mean, the inconsistency we see out of that squad. Right? Seemingly week to week. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get behind them. 
It's going to sound crazy, but Lazard coming back will give them a boost because they need a second wide receiver. They do. If Arizona would have found a way yesterday, it might have been the Cardinals. That that game was entertaining as hell. That's where I spent the afternoon window, watching that game. It was fun. Those two young quarterbacks. I know the national game was Steelers-Cowboys, and it was a close, compelling game. it was But it was Cardinals- Dolphins. It was fun, wasn't it? It was, yeah. No, I'm with you. And then the end of the Chargers, Raiders was, well, not for the Chargers. Of course, they never end well if you're a Chargers fan. You don't need me to remind you of that. We will remind you, Hawkeye and Cyclone fans, as Trent said, the in-state schools uh, both put them in the win column yesterday. Uh, Iowa State now gets a bye week before they get set to get back on the field against K-State, who's been a bugaboo. Uh, Then they go to Texas, who won another football game. Uh, Boy, West Virginia got screwed. Yeah, they got screwed. Some of the officiating, I, you know what, I don't want to be Mister Officiating Guy, but come on, that was pass interference uh, in the end zone at the end of that football game. It, it just is, and how it wasn't called was egregious. But that was this tells me that this West Virginia team is way better than I thought. You've been on them for a while mm-hmm. now, um, but point being is, Iowa State's got K State, Texas, and West Virginia. Win two, you're in. Win two, and you're in. And you turn the football over four times against West Virginia. You're losing. You're right. You didn't lose against Baylor. Yeah, you didn't. You lose against West what Virginia. A, what a, t- yeah, a tale of two halves that football game was. Brock Purdy was just atrocious. Yeah. In the first half. As bad as we've seen him, and it has not been pretty no. this year outside of a couple of games. That was ugly. Yep. And they were decisions that just didn't make sense. You, you can't you can't make those decisions nope. as, as a guy in his spot, Trent. But um, look, it all ended well, right? It did, yeah. If you, uh, if you were looking at the Cardinal in gold, uh, Baylor covered, uh, but uh, the, the win goes to Iowa State. So more on this game coming up as there's a number of things I want to get into. I want to start, I uh, want to get into the Hawkeyes. A couple of guys jumped off. Well, Charlie Jones, first mm-hmm. and foremost, is a guy that um, has, has made a huge, huge you know what? Special teams on Iowa. No There's doubt. a couple of guys. This Taylor story is remarkable. Even with Keith Duncan missing, missing a field Which goal, you spe- special teams have been a big plus yes, for Iowa. And you're right. And and Keith Duncan has made so many big field goals mm-hmm. that you can't hold. But this Taylor story is remarkable. But Charlie Jones, what he's doing, setting up field position-wise, uh, he's terrific. Defensively, um, Nick Neiman has been really good. Mm-hmm. How about 97 making an impact? Van Vulkenberg. Van Vulkenberg. Joe Evans, 13, was making some plays when he got Joey in Joey the Bull, the little cyclone coming off the edge. He was terrific in that football game. Um, Davion Nixon, you know what you're going to yeah, get. Yeah, absolutely. Moss, Kerner. Wilson had maybe his best game of the year. I think he did. I yeah. think that's fair to say. I think that's fair to say. So we got a good defense here. This is a good defense. Mm-hmm. Eight. Hankins got beat a couple of times. He did. I mean, Moss got beat once. Uh huh. But overall, this is this is an Iowa defense. This is what yes. you anticipate. Yes. They are who they are. And for the first three drives, look like Iowa football again. It did, Trent. It really it did. It was balanced. Yep. It was quick. Yep. They were getting the ball. They were getting the ball in space. And there was no let up like the week before right. when they were up 17 zip. This time they kept the foot on the accelerator and they uh, just they just rolled to victory. I mean, it wasn't even close. In fact, it was boring. It was, yeah. It, it was. Yeah. And I and I seldom change the channel because I want to see what happens at the end if some backups come in. Mm-hmm. It was tough to watch, Trent. It, it was. really was. Yeah. And, and Northwestern and Nebraska was a pretty, enter, mm-hmm. pretty entertaining football game. Raise your hands out there if you had Purdue and Northwestern in primetime on Big Ten Network this weekend. <laughs> uh, this coming Saturday is a huge spot in the Big Ten West. Well, it is. Um, yeah, those two teams play at 630, but... Um, 
Yeah, good for the Hawks. Defensively was terrific. Good was, Goodson was unbelievable. Brandon Smith's touchdown cast. Mm-hmm. Petrus still throws. Still needs more touch. He does, doesn't he? And yeah. it seems like it's the short passes mm-hmm. that are too high all the time. I saw something, and I don't remember what it came from, who it came from, but they mentioned with his throwing motion and a little elongated that he has, that when you have that kind of throwing motion, it is more susceptible to overthrows okay. when you have that kind of throwing motion. Now, I don't know anything about the mechanics of a football throw, but at least made sense. And then he kind of watched that and the way the throwing motion goes. And I said, okay, I'll file that away. And at least on the surface, that makes sense. Probably need to get more of a quarterback guru in here to, mm-hmm. to say if that's officially true. But it made sense as I read it on Twitter on Saturday. And you're seeing the same kind of things from Peters. He wasn't great. He no. was good enough. And the rest of the team certainly was good enough. And a patchwork offensive line in some yes. ways too, because no, Kronk, Kronk was out. Right, Kronk was out, and so was um, a shooter. shooter yeah, shooter, shooter didn't play, but Tyler Linderbaum shot. did. And he's a nasty sob. When he's at his best, he's a mean. He, he's a guy that if he's on the other team, you hate his guts. Uh-huh. But if he's on your team, you find yourself watching the center as I do more often than I would. But I, I love watching this kid play. He and especially when he's playing the way he was. Uh, the other day, Larry Jackson was good. Receiving core was good. Trent, there's not a lot of nits you can pick. And all of a sudden, now at this point, Hawkeye fans were hopeful they were three and zero. It wasn't overly mm-hmm. daunting. Don't think anybody had them one and two at this point. No, uh uh-uh. uh But these next two games, Minnesota toss up, and Penn State, the likelihood of getting a victory after five consecutive losses. I don't think many people had this in the W column. Now, yeah, Trent, they're very much in the hunt in this game. Absolutely. The Minnesota, though the point spread doesn't say it, I I like Iowa's chances more than I did coming into the season. I just can't wait for Friday night at 6 o'clock. I mean, not for you. I get it. There's some people that can't work on Friday, that have to work on Friday. But what a treat. I mean, Friday at 6 o'clock. What a spectacular. Hideous. It's it's just the worst. (laughs) What a spectacular night. I hate it. I know you I hate it so much. And even me aside, and what I do with high school sports, I just don't. I like get it. it. A lot of people don't. You know what? You know what's? A, I mean, the pandemic's awful, right? But can you imagine sports bars around the state this mm-hmm. week? Even the other state, even Minnesota, right? Uh, what what those places, bars, restaurants, what kind of business they would do on a Friday night? I love going up to Minnesota. And again, if we were in a normal year, love it. Would you be able to pull it off? Would most people be able to pull off a Friday night game? This is a rivalry game, and. Yeah, can it get caught up in the middle of a bunch of other things happening nationally on a Saturday? And this is the most important game for me. I grew up 15 minutes away from the this Minnesota This is your border. game. Okay. This is my game. This yep. is number one. This is my rivalry. Basketball, too? Uh, probably. Not yeah. Wisconsin? Not Illinois? No, it used to be Illinois yep. back in the 80s and early 90s. Not anymore. And this season, that might change. But it's just because of proximity. You know, we never went to Des Moines growing up. We went to Minneapolis yeah. for everything. We didn't go to the Iowa State Fair. We went to the Minnesota State Fair because Minneapolis was just as close, in fact, a little closer than was Des Moines. And I have family in Minneapolis. I have cousins that went to the U. It's that rivalry for me that means the most, and it's the greatest trophy in sports. It's on Friday night. Well, tap the brakes a little. Okay, okay. In college football. Okay, there you go. You still get your Stanley Cup, and, yeah. and I agree with that part of it. Yeah. But in college football, playing for a pig, no, the story great. behind it. I'm with you. It's absolutely incredible, and I just don't like it on Friday night. No. I, I, we'll see TV-wise what the numbers do. It's FS1. It is. In comparison to some of the FS1 games of the past, and we'll get that early next week. But I'll be interested to see how this thing rates and, and what kind of number it pulls in. It'd be different, too, if these teams were good like we had a year ago. 
not the case when you have one and two on one side and mm-hmm. and the Gophers. Well, their offense is really good, as, as we know. They can score. Yep, they can. Their defense is as yep. bad as you're going to find them. I know it's been it's been it's been atrocious. Uh, so a pair of one and two football teams, but um, boy, it's appointment TV on Friday night. All right, so let's uh, let's uh, get the Iowa State in there. Convincing, not convincing. Come no. from behind it was good to see though, uh, because after the first half they they were stinking the joint out, um, but they got it going. And Kanenawangu yet again. I mean, this guy, what what a season he is putting together. He has made, what did Campbell say after the game? I think that he he attributed Nwongo to having three game-changing type of plays that uh, that got the momentum uh, going back in their direction. And this was this was another example of it, that, that long kick return, and then bing, bang, boom, and all of a sudden the Cyclones are cutting into it, then they're tied, then they're taking the lead, then they're hanging on, and because of number 23 wearing that, well, not cardinal and gold on Saturday night, he was wearing black and white, um, but boy, Mike Rose, what a football game he played. What a, what a, what a season he is having. He's... A.J. Klein was really good and still is making a ton of money, and he made some plays yesterday for the Buffalo Bills. Jake Knott was terrific in that spot. But this kid, Mike Rose, I mean, Trent, the season he is putting together at that position, uh, remarkable. It is. And the play to seal the game, the interception, just the anticipation, and, and then on top of it to make the play. For a Mike linebacker to make that play in that spot, when Charlie was moving around a little bit, Charlie Brewer, yeah, and and Boy, getting, he's a tough, he's a gamer, isn't he? He is, and he fires that one. Isn't all right, tall game, and, and my yeah. my thought is the ball is in the air right as it's leaving his hand. Is Baylor going to go for two? <laughs> that's that right. that's what. And then didn't you text that to Bama and I? I did, I think, yeah, as yeah. they were driving there. Yeah, yeah. If you're Baylor, and I think Bama said, do it. Yeah. What do you have to lose? Right. You're one and three. You're not going to play for a conference championship. Absolutely. Had the same questions in the Clemson Notre Dame game that we'll get to later mm-hmm. today. But Mike Rose is right there oh, boy, and, and makes another play. 31 given up to Baylor. Eh, all right, that's maybe a little bit concerning, but it did look like we kind of scoffed. Well, Purdy, Purdy helped him to that 31. We scoffed a little bit to Campbell earlier this week, calling them a championship-level team. Because Baylor's not, but they're getting better. I mean, they are. They're, yes. they're, look, you can see they they were in some football games that they hadn't gone their way. They look more like the team we saw a year ago than any point yeah, this season. Fair against Iowa State. Look, Snead's a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and good for Haycock because um, our guy, my guy Kyle, was not having a very good night against right. him. And uh, the adjustments in the first half, switching Kyle uh, and Anthony Johnson around, and Anthony Johnson did a good job for the most part, shutting him down in that second half. Um, Iowa State's very much, I mean, Trent. They're in the driver's seat. Yes, they're in the with three games to go. They are, I mean, look at the standings. Take a picture of this Cyclone fans. Where they were. Go to ESPN.com or Big12.com and, and take a look at those standings and see where your school sits. And it's it's pretty cool to see them out there after uh, all of those bad decades <laughs> that came before. Kansas State got off the mat even in a loss. Mm-hmm. They look like the Kansas State team that we've seen under Kleiman. Yep, that's not going to be easy, and we nope. know, and we've talked about the history. West Man, Virginia Kleiman chasing points early in that football yeah, game too, a couple of times. Right? Yes, he did. West Virginia more difficult than it looked like coming into the season, without a doubt. And the other matchup, the road trip to Texas, yeah. which I've said it before, without Ellinger, that is a bad. They're football a bad team. football team. You're right, but he's still going to be there. Yeah, the, the chances that he's going to be banged up and not playing in that game. Incredibly rare. Who's the MVP of the conference right now? 
MVP of the I mean, Brees Hall's going to get some votes. He's got to be, right? Or Ellinger because of that very reason, Trent. Because you take him off He's and just how terrible. Yeah. I think it's still Brees Hall, though. Especially with pretty struggles this year. Yeah, that's a good point. Because you, you take Brees Hall off this team. Mm-hmm. What are they? Well, I would like to see Jirel Brock, but I don't think he's Brees no. Hall. No, not um, close. And, and, you know, the, the offensive line that's a patchwork for Iowa State as well, mm-hmm. they've, been, they've done a pretty nice job. Now, when Baylor realized what they were going to do and they pinned their ears back and didn't even care about Purdy throwing the ball because they knew they weren't going to, mm-hmm. they were, they, the offensive line, I mean, they didn't put up a fight uh, late in the football game. But... Um, MVP's Brees Hall. Yeah, I think so, too. Of the league, and mm-hmm. the numbers that he's putting up on a national scale are absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Doing it, like you said, with that patchwork offensive line of quarterback well, he that was, isn't playing well. He was second going into this week in rushing in the country. I think he's now... Did San Antonio maybe not play this week? I don't I think, think he's did, back yeah. on top. Okay. Because UT San Antonio's got a kid who's putting up a ton of numbers, too, but Brees Hall is uh, as well. Um yeah, good. Good for Iowa State. Good for Iowa. All right. So, Big Ten Westwise. What is this? T- what? We'll get the news on Wisconsin later on in the week. Will they or won't they? They be will, able won't to, they? I think. But do you believe the report? I mean, that they're going to turn Camp Randall into a field hospital that yeah. was out there last yeah. week. I just don't see it. I don't see Barry Alvarez pulling the plug on this one. But I don't. But it's it's they pulled the plug before the the first game that was canceled before. The Big Ten told them they had to. Trent, sadly, I think that we're in a spot right now where sports are teetering on a knife's edge. Yeah. I hate to say it. I mean, look at the numbers, man. Mm-hmm. Look at the numbers. I hate to say it. Um, you feel good about winter sports right now? Now, the good news was today, and everybody woke up to it, the news from Pfizer. Mm-hmm. Or Pfizer. Is it Pfizer? It's Pfizer. Pfizer. That's Marcus Pfizer. Pfizer, the drug company. Yes, same yes, deal. Yes. Just spelled differently. Okay. I thought it was... Anyways. Point being, 90% effective vaccine that is going to be available in 2000, maybe by the end of this year for the um, healthcare workers. Uh, but we're trending in the right direction, folks. We're trending in the right direction. Let's keep our heads above water. Yeah, yeah indeed. All right, so quick hit on the NFL. We'll do more. Um, by the way, Vinny Iyer is going to join us tomorrow about this time, 1025. Vinny Iyer uh, talks NFL football with us. But he's our Jeopardy champion. If you're listening to our program every couple of weeks, Trent and I have Vinny from uh, the Sporting News, Vinny Iyer. He's a three-time Jeopardy champion and spent – not significant time because all of his wins were taped in the same day and his loss. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking forward to going kind of behind the scenes, right? Right, yeah. Because it, it, as, as Alex Trebek's death did to a number of people yesterday, it affected him. It, and it hit me in a big way. I've told the word that's something that we watch every night together, my mm-hmm. wife and I. It's, uh, it's the one show that we definitely always agree upon that Jeopardy is always going to be on. And we put it on. I love the show. I love the format. I love kind of using my brain a little bit in a different way and not just about the sports. And then when the sports topics come up and I sweep the category <laughs> right. and the goofs on there have no clue what's going on. And that was the thing I always loved about Alex Trebek is he was a sports fan, Canadian, yeah. loved his hockey, he but does. loved other sports too. And how he would be you know, a little divisive at times. That's an option play. I saw that one today yeah. as they're talking about an option right. football play. Right. He just, he had that too. Like, come on, guys, you, you mm-hmm. need to know this. You need to be able to get this one right. No, they, they, they got swept. It's a huge blow. It's, it a, it's a blow for that show. Who's going to take over? Hey, good luck. 
seemingly an impossible job. It is. It's an impossible spot to be put. And, and into. you hear about the way that he did it, the way that Trebek could go in, tape five shows in a day. And wasn't up until like 10 days before he yeah, passed. Right. It was what he was about and just how good he was yeah. at that job. During the pandemic, of course, uh, the beginning of it when they weren't able to tape shows, during the summer times, normally when they take some time off, there's replays on. But they also went into their vault. And uh, I remember watching the first ever taping of it and just how different it was. Oh, okay. They did some of those uh, old school ones from, from the mid-80s when they first came aboard and uh, started restarted Jeopardy as there was an original mm-hmm. uh, show back in the 60s. But they did that again, and it was really cool to see just how different it was, how people... Do you know who, gave, who, who recommended, and I saw that, I didn't know this until yesterday, who recommended, I guess Merv Griffin owns all of these shows. Yep. or they're not, He's dead, right? He's got to be. Um, but... He owns all of these properties. The the recommendation to give this guy a chance, to give Alex Trebet a chance to act as the host of Jeopardy, came from Lucille Ball, of all people. Really? Yes, I love Lucy. I have no idea how. Apparently she watched some of his stuff before and thought that this guy... And she actually reached out to Merv Griffin and suggested you give this guy... Another name that was there, Alan Thicke, who passed away pretty recently, too, from... What was it? Uh, he was an eighty sitcom dad way back in the day, but well, also a Canadian. I was going to say, that's how they got the, had to be their mm-hmm. common tie, why they lived together as roommates. Yep, and Trebek uh, was trying to become an actor. That's why he moved to L.A., but he said, you know, you should try out for that show. You'd be good at that, man. That was, of course, what mm-hmm. led down the path that it was. Huge shoes. Yeah. I, I don't think there is a right answer who to take over that spot. And Drew Carey, he took over for Price is Right. Yep. And Bob Barker's still alive. And Bob Barker's still alive, but after he walked away, and don't see it very often, but every once in a while, you know, a random Monday off, and oh, hey, let's flip on Prices Right, and he's good. He's fine now. No, I don't watch it. This one, it's just a different level. I mean, that's a little more goofy. This is professional, and the professionalism that you need to do this role and to do it as well as him it's going to be seemingly impossible, but I'm excited to talk to Vinny and, and an impactful one over the weekend. Yeah, it, it really was. Look, um, yeah, Vinny will join us tomorrow at 1025. So your biggest takeaway from the NFL this weekend was what? Oh, Bears stink. Yes, they do. Um, I mean, their offense does. Their offense is terrible. Is it time to start believing in the Buffalo Bills? Well, they sent a message yesterday in, in a big way. Look, Seattle's defense is not very good. It's not. And they thought that they were going to run the football, and that was the last thing that the Buffalo did was they threw the ball uh, all over the place. Uh, yeah, that that was one of them. There are uh, two losses. Tennessee on that wild week that got pushed to, what, the Tuesday? Yep, Tuesday night. Yep. And then they came back the following week and played Kansas City and at least hung around against the Chiefs. But there was so much going on that really wasn't their fault, quote-unquote, if you will. They're seven and two, and Allen he can make plays. I don't love him as a quarterback. I, I well, I'd like to have him be the quarterback of my team, but <laughs> but if I'm picking yeah. a team from scratch, he's not going to be real high on my list. I, I think there's still too many warts to him, but they can make plays, and that defense is finally getting better. Mm-hmm. I think they're making improvements there, even after giving up 34. They did against Russell Wilson and company. Yeah, I think it's Buffalo, and I think it's time to really take them seriously. With Big Ben being banged up and more than likely going to be banged up the rest of the year, Kansas City, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. But what did the Ravens show you yesterday? Not much. Okay. I, there's something wrong with that team. Yeah. I thought by this point, even with the two losses that they had, that they'd be humming along at a different level. And they win by a couple of scores, but 
This is not the Lamar Jackson we saw a year ago. No, I am not. not a believer. They're further down my list now than even the Buffalo Bills of the world. Maybe the Miami Dolphins of the world. Yeah, two was good yesterday. That, that was a fun matchup, those two young QBs going head-to-head. What do we have for prime time this week? Do you know? Prime time schedule here for week 10. Uh, Colts-Titans Thursday night. That's a good game. Not bad. That's a really good game. Sunday night football, Ravens-Patriots. Oh, God. And then we get the Vikings and Bears next Monday. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, we will get Scott Dockerman coming up next. We'll do a timeout. uh, This contest, by the way, the $1,000 keyword, the 1000 buck handoff is still ongoing. Uh, In fact, it's ongoing right now. It's time for another one of those $1,000 handoffs. Text the keyword CHECK to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. That's CHECK to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on the Hawkeyes. He joins us when we return. Nick Athen will take us uh, to the top of the hour break. We'll uh, recap the Chiefs as they hit their bye week. Bama Bob Trent and I go around college football. What is Clemson's loss due to the playoff possibility? Certainly a lot of teams, uh, I would think, that are on the cusp of uh, making their presence felt. And then uh, Dave Sproul will join us as we'll recap Iowa State and Baylor as they hit their final bye week of the season. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106. Welcome back just past 1030. I'm 1460KXNO, 106.3 FM. Let's get Scott Dockerman in here from The Athletic. Short week for the Hawks. Off to the Twin Cities they will go. Doc Trenton, Ken, thank you as always for coming on. Doc, do you know, will they travel the day of the game to Minneapolis this week? Do you know in these circumstances, uh, is this a day trip for them? No, I don't think so. I haven't heard anything in that regard. I mean, I guess I could find out in a little bit. I haven't asked. Um, I do know that really the only thing I know is that they've shortened a, a day out of their schedule where their Sunday was their Monday and their Monday is their Tuesday, except when it came, comes to meeting with the media. And, and uh, so I, I, I have not heard that they are traveling day of. I would doubt it because it's just so far out of their routine that that would be uh, unlikely in my eyes. Well, certainly good for Kirk Ferentz and company that they have dealt with this many times in the past, obviously yeah. with the Nebraska game being on Black Friday, that they know what this short week is about. Maybe gives them a, a tick of an advantage here in a Minnesota game that, boy, on paper coming in the season, I saw it as a complete toss-up. That gopher defense has been absolutely terrible. Better last week, but it was against Illinois and an Illinois team that's having some struggles in the quarterback room. When you look at the gophers, how different does this team look to you than what you thought they were going to be coming into the year? are not as good as I expected. I I knew that they would be uh, hurt a little bit by some of their departures. I mean, Antoine Winfield was special. He was one of the best secondary players that we've seen over the last decade and and uh, eight interceptions last year and he's doing great work for the Buccaneers excuse me but um you know I I would say that you know just giving up 750 yards to Maryland was just something that I did not anticipate from that team I did not think that they were uh, you know I thought they would win kind of the the way the score was in that third quarter or that fourth quarter 38-21 I thought well maybe that's about right but but you know they they've struggled clearly uh, but on the offensive side of the ball that 
they, they're so explosive. They still have a tremendous running back, Mohamed Ibrahim. Mm-hmm. Two straight weeks of four hundred with four touchdowns, two hundred plus yards. Uh, he's he's legit, and he's going to be a tough one for Iowa to stop because you know Iowa did struggle a little bit against the run and, and you know against Purdue and against Northwestern. So he'll provide that challenge. And then you look at, again at uh, at Tanner Morgan and, and Rashad Bateman. I mean they're elite prospects. I mean you know. Morgan reminds me a lot of Brock Purdy, and, and Bateman is uh, is big and physical. Of the receivers, don't play all year, so I think this is a you know it's a challenge for Iowa's defense certainly, but I also think it's an opportunity for the offense. Uh, Doc, the offensive line for Iowa this past weekend, despite being you know having to fill in for two starters with Shooter out and Kronk not being able to answer the bell, uh, I thought this was their best performance of the year. Doc, opening up holes, providing protection. Alaric Jackson was really good. Linderbaum. Maybe his best game of the year. It certainly seemed like that to me. He jumped off my television set. Uh, but the offensive line looked for the first time, maybe, that uh, like the offensive line we thought they were going to be uh, when the season started. Yeah, and I, I, I like the way that this offensive line has progressed. I thought that they actually they played really well in two out of the three games. And really, I thought they played okay against Northwestern. I thought the scheme was more the issue than the performance, the execution in a lot of cases. So I, I like this lineup a lot. Um, I, I knew Mark Kallenberger would be okay on the edge. He, he played well. and then uh, But Cody Entz provides a little bit different uh, feel than the shooter does uh, at and Kyler Schott, who is going to be out for a few weeks uh, at, at guard. I mean, he's a bigger player. He's more athletic, um, and he proved it. I mean, he, he's had a few mistakes um, over the last few weeks, but that, those are young mistakes. I think he's got a lot of upside. So um, this this offensive line, is, it really came to play. It played well. Two, uh, two, two freshmen played late in the game um, when they got to kind of mop-up duty, and I thought that was impressive. So uh, we're, we're seeing a, a unit that's going to be very, very competitive against any defensive line they face the rest of the year. Chuck Jones, Charlie Jones with a punt return. He uh, flipped field position a couple of different times. He's been very good in that role. Mm-hmm. Tory Taylor, you guys got to hear from him last week, the Australian. And though Duncan missed a field goal, you still feel very solid. Special teams as a whole certainly feels like a very big plus mark in that ledger right now for the Hawkeyes. That That's a difference maker every year for Iowa, but I think this year it's like plus, plus, plus when you start to look at what they have. Uh, in every area because we knew going in, you know, Keith Duncan was a preseason All-American or, well, he was a first-team All-American last year, and I think everybody expected him to do the same this year. Amir Smith-Marset, the leading uh, kick returner in Big Ten history, but, you know, they didn't get much out of punt return last year, and, and punter has been inconsistent for a long time. Now you look and you go, okay, punter, uh, Tory Taylor is on track to have the greatest uh, – uh, average in, in Iowa football history, and that mm. includes 1981, where uh, Reggie Roby wasn't you know, out kicked it. <laughs> yeah, he was he was fantastic. They also had a short field punter. Well, Tory Taylor, in the way he's able to not only uh, kick uh, long, but he's also able to cough and kick and yep. and uh, do it with distance and height. Uh, and then Charlie Jones, as you mentioned, takes some risks, and they've they've paid off. I mean, you know, those are magic yards. Those are you know, every time. You, in the punting game, if you can have a punter that can extend it just a little bit farther, and uh, then you force the opponent to have to, you know, accumulate one more first down. Likewise, a punt returner, you know, seven or eight yards—that's 
erasing a first down for your offense to, to put together. So I think that this special teams unit is as good collectively as Iowa's ever had. You know what was really good, Doc, on, on Saturday uh, was uh, Zach Van Volkenberg, uh, 97, was running around making some plays. The left side of the uh, defensive line has been, maybe that's you know where Davian Nixon resides, has been really good the first couple of games, but seemingly the right side, and Heflin's made a couple of plays, and Wagner as well, but Van Volkenberg had his best game uh, of the year, I thought, by a mile. He made a difference, Doc, in that football game. Yeah, he did. He and Joe Evans both did. Yeah. I think that's what they really needed out of that defensive line because I think against Northwestern and certainly against Purdue, what we saw was um, the absence of A.J. Epineza was, was obvious, and that was the one weakness. And, and Van Valkenburg really came to play, and he played well, as you mentioned. You know, he seems to, to make strides week after week. So that – you know, they're not going to have another Epineza, and everybody respects that and understands that. But I think if you could get that kind of effort and those kind of plays out of, out of Van Valkenburg, Evans, whoever else comes in and, and takes a few snaps, I think that's really important for this, uh, for this team and for this defense because I, I think you've seen it. Uh, the secondary is now much more solid. Uh, Dane Belton is almost exclusively now at cash. Kayvon Merriweather is playing really well at safety, and I think, you know, Jack Kerner. Uh, has, has been very solid yep. and, and consistent there. So they, they're really coming together on defense, and really it was about pass rush in that right defensive end, and, and as you mentioned, Ben Balkenberg had his best game. Friday night game against Minnesota, then another road trip, this one to Penn State. Boy, this two-game swing that looked like maybe it was going to impact exactly what this Iowa team is. Overall, looks a lot more manageable than it does does Iowa get back in the race here with Wisconsin, the great unknown, Northwestern, Purdue playing each other? Do you think we're still going to have a conversation at some point? Boy, maybe Iowa can come in the back door here and steal that bid out of the West. You'd think, but they're so far behind. It's it's almost you just probably should put it in your <laughs> your head till after Thanksgiving yeah. mm-hmm. because uh, losing those games. I mean, that's like that's not only like a loss to Purdue and Northwestern. That's like. 1.01 losses that you'll just never equal that out and losing you know really in the big scheme of things losing the purdue wisconsin game is more impactful than losing wisconsin nebraska because you figure okay if wisconsin wins that game against purdue then you have that chance that you know purdue's brought you know could lose to indiana could lose to a couple other teams and i think that's all possible but now you're really you've got to hope that they lose again to another team and it's just it's really hard to predict, and uh, and even if you have if they have two losses the rest of the way, and Iowa looks better, it still doesn't matter unless you get in a you know one of those three way scrambles, and now you have to get in a three way scramble with two other teams, and so I, I I honestly I look at this team and I think it's making major strides. It's got the opportunity to be the best team in the West by the end of the year, and potentially win out. I think it's got that kind of capability, but it's also uh, I think got. Uh, you know, it also may not get to Indianapolis, and or at least the play Ohio State, and so that's that's something we all have to reconcile because those two close losses they really matter in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Doc, uh, Big Ten East, uh, just for a second, um, Michigan and, and Penn State, is, are do they both have coaching 
vacancies at the end of the year. I mean, I, I don't see how Michigan can can uh, continue to go along with Harbaugh. Franklin's Penn State team, he's probably okay, uh, even though they're zero and three in the way that the, it's it's happened. They were they were embarrassed by Maryland this past week. I'm with Trent. I think the Hawks can go in and pick them off uh, in two weeks. But Harbaugh in particular sounds as though it's coming to an end at Michigan, don't you think? You know, I I do. The only factor that keeps me from going all the way in on that is just this is a COVID year. They're going to lose $100 million. And if this decision is Jim Harbaugh's to make, if somebody decides, you know, hey, we want you to go coach uh, the Houston Texans next year, then that would be easy. I think that would be a separation that would be mutually beneficial. Mm -hmm. But if Harbaugh decides, you know what, I'm not going to the NFL and they're going to have to pay me my contract, you know, Michigan does. You know, Michigan's made of money, but not that much money, right. and that's a lot to pay a coach in a year like this where you lost all that money. So, um, you know, the, the the weird part is, you know, Michigan outside of these couple of losses, you know, they've been a pretty good program. They've been, um, you know, top twenty five caliber for the most part. And, and this first two years, they were pretty good. And I, it, it's just, you know, but you did, it's about feel right now, and I don't know that everybody is. They're just. It feels like they've plateaued as a program. That they're not going to get on the same level as Ohio State, and that's really the only barometer that they have. So, I think this is. Uh, it, it could be inevitable. As for Penn State, uh, unless James Franklin wants to leave, there's no reason to no. discuss that. I mean, they they had a lot of losses, injuries. You know what? Bad years happen, and you, you picked a good year to have a bad year. That's well said. <laughs> picked a good year to have a bad year. It should be a T-shirt. Uh, last thing, Doc. Um... Allen at Indiana, Fitz, of course, at Northwestern, Brome at uh, Purdue. Who's your coach of the year? Allen, by far, or closer than you think? Uh, so far, I mean, we're three games into it. Yeah, a third of the season into it. I'm going. I'm going. Tom Allen. Yeah. I mean, you know, for them to, to erase those, uh, you know, devastating you know streaks of Michigan and Penn State at a place like Indiana. Shoot, that's 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 incredible territory for him, even if those two teams are down. And really, they did it, you know, against Michigan, it was a dominant fashion. I mean, it was a 17-point game. And, and so I think that you, you've got to reward him for that. Um, you know, Fitz has had some good years. I mean, two years ago, they won the, the West, and, and he hasn't played Wisconsin yet. And, and you know, I think they're a good team, but but certainly Indiana's dynamic, and, and uh, they might end up being the second-best team in the Big Ten when it's all said and done. Doc, we'll get you out of here with the hoops note. The AP poll is going to be released today. Anticipate Iowa at the very least will be in the top 10, maybe even in the top five when that poll is released. Big time expectations, as big as they've been, certainly since at least the early 2000s, maybe with the Evans and Wrecker season that didn't turn out to be very good. But this Iowa basketball team, do you, do you put them in that category enough to win a regular season crown, which would be their first since 1979? Mm. You know, I think they should be very much in contention for that. But, um, you know, we've seen the years where they have, they've risen to midseason, where they've been top ten teams, and then they've fallen. Mm-hmm. And I think this team's got a completely different makeup and chemistry and, and it's much more mentally tough. But they were 11-9 and in Big Ten play last year. So it is still quite a leap to be a top ten team after an 11-9 and uh, season last year. I think they're capable of it, uh, certainly, but... Um, being capable of it and actually doing our two different things. I think they will be a good team. I think they'll be a top three team in the Big Ten and a top 15 team nationally. And to go from that, it's 
you've, you've got to make a, a strong projection and then uh, you know, let, let me see what they do against Gonzaga and North Carolina and Iowa State before I start to really uh, eye them as a top five team in a, in a Final Four, not only contender, but, but expect them to be in that level. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, uh, we will talk to you next Monday. Appreciate what you do for it, Scott Dockerman. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Uh, as he joins us uh, as we talk a little football and a little basketball right at the end. Got to get a lot of uh, meat on the bone before you start talking about that division title. Two losses. Yeah, that's, and especially when the two teams that you've lost to are still... Te- well, right. One of them will lose this week. Uh, Nick Athen will join the program. Next, we'll do a Chiefs at there as they hit their bye week. Bama Bob Trent and I go around college football 11.05. Dave Sproul and Iowa State at 11.30. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0-1-0. Get hope. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Let's get our friend Nick Gaffin in here. PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. Chiefs at the bye week. They'll go into it with an 8-1 and one record. The Steelers are still perfect. Um, the Chiefs look like... The they, may remain, they may remain that way the rest of the year. We'll see. Yeah, they, they could. It's, it's going to be... Well, Thanksgiving night, we get the Ravens and Steelers in prime time. That'll be a good one. But, Nick, uh, so th- thus far into the year, I mean, the Raider loss seemingly came out of nowhere, but I don't think that that was necessarily a bad thing. Um, no. What, what are your thoughts? Nine games into it, are they... I hate to say better than last year, but I don't think they're any worse. They look poised to make a another huge, huge run. Maybe and can go all the way. Yeah, I mean, they're a pretty resilient team. I think the Raiders' uh, loss was huge for them. I, I think it was a wake-up call. I, you know, a lot of anxiety. You know, this team has a, you know, a huge, a huge uh, mountain to climb. You know, go back-to-back. Back. It's all they've talked about since they won the first Super Bowl. The expectations are crazy. Then you got the COVID stuff. Then you got players away from their families. All in all considered, even though they've had some close games, you know, they found ways to win, and that's what championship teams do. But, um, you know, there's definitely room for improvement on, on in every aspect of the football team. But they've also had a brutal, I mean brutal, uh, nine-game stretch here, eight-game stretch here. You know, they, they played some really good football teams, and they've come out to only have one loss, probably not against the team we thought it was going to be, no. but nonetheless. Um, hey, you know, I think, I think the bye week comes at a great time. I think these guys are tired. I think it showed that yesterday, especially defensively. Yeah, that they all need a football break. Forty-five passes for Mahomes, just nine carries though from the running backs. Got to feel as the weather starts to turn. I mean, a beautiful day yesterday, but there's going to be those right. games where you're going to have to rely on the run game. We know the offensive line has banged up. How big of a part do you think was that of the game plan yesterday? Yeah, I think that was I was I think that was a huge part of it. I mean, the 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 Panthers' defensive line has been much maligned, but they're really good. They've actually played really well all but maybe one or two games this season. So it wasn't shocking that they were going to be able to stuff the run. But that line is, you know, they've got some issues. You know, uh, Mankin may be back. Uh, hopefully, after the bye week, he'll bring some strength to that offensive line. Schwartz will probably be back. You know, that's definitely going to help. I mean, I think they've done the best that they can, and you know, it's interesting. What's, what's unique about this offensive line is what they have proven is when they had the pass protect, they did. And when they had to run the ball, they, they did well. So I think the game plan was throw the ball, throw the ball yesterday. Obviously, the, the running game wasn't working. But, you know, it is a concern, and you're right. You know, once it gets cold weather, but 
you know, on the flip side, when you got a quarterback like Pat Mahomes that can throw two, three, four yard plants for first downs on any down, um, then, you know, you have to take your chances and uh, say, okay, well, it's just as good as a running play. Nick, I thought Carolina played their best football game of the year, and it wasn't good enough, mm-hmm. uh, which tells me a lot about this football team in Kansas City because, again, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater had a really good game and a really efficient football game. Christian McCaffrey right. took some big hits. Samuel was Samuel. Mm-hmm. Point being is even when a, you know the team on the other side of the field gives them their best, Kansas City's still winning these games. And, and that's you know, they've learned to do that. I mean, they've, they've gotten everybody's best this year. I mean, every single game, you know, those teams have played one of their better games all season, with the exception of the Ravens, um, you know, and maybe the Bills uh, to, some, to some degree. But, you know, they've just taken on all comers and said, okay, we're going to – it doesn't matter. If you're, if you're going to play your best, we're still going to beat you. I mean, again, I've said this for two years. If this football team ever plays a game of four solid quarters, they're going to put up 60 points. And they're going to shut a team. I mean, it's just it's just fascinating to me to watch all these lulls that this football team has with all that talent and the injuries and the coaching gaps and the bad play calling and, and the circumstances. Or, or I mean, think of Mahomes yesterday. He was not very good in the first quarter. He, he had two touchdowns, easy ones, and he hit nine times out of ten, and he missed them both to Tyreek Hill. So, again, if this team ever just gets to that level, that's what I, what's so amazing about the potential and the future of this team is that if they ever reach that plateau where they're playing three full quarters in a game, I mean, that's going to be enough to beat anybody. But if they ever reach that perfection, I mean, it's not even going to be close to fair. And that's the concern I've seen this year. They've had too many lulls. They've had too many quarters where they're not playing well. I don't think it's going to come back to bite them because I think they're too disciplined. And when the chips are down and when they have to make a play, they just make it. But it would be nice for the fan base to have a little bit more consistency for the offense, to have a little bit more consistency quarter to quarter to quarter to quarter and just play that full 60-minute game uh, on one side of the ball. And, and if the other side is half off, yeah, that's still more than enough. But, again, I mean, this is why we don't want to jump the gun. Mahomes has a, much, has a huge feeling out of him. He hasn't even scratched the surface yet. He's still learning and evolving. Two years, three years from now, this kid is going to be he'll, – he'll hit that magic number. He'll play four perfect quarters in a consistent manner. Yeah, sad news for you. So will Drew Locke. <laughs> Bye week this week <laughs> for uh, for the Chiefs. And then for the next five on the road for them, Raiders, yeah. who already beat them this year. Tampa, though they looked awful last night, yeah. still a good team. Uh-huh. Denver in between, and then road trips to Miami, which looks so much more difficult than we thought. And at New Orleans, yep. a team playing some great mm-hmm. football here. This is one heck of a stretch they have coming up. And I think you can make a compelling case the Chiefs could lose any of these four games. I, I think I think they can lose half those games. I mean, I, I, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna show the Raiders what they're made of. Yeah. Um I, I think that's a given. I think the Bucks, I mean, I, I live I live in the Sarasota Tampa area, so you know, last night did not surprise me at all. Um it didn't surprise me at all because this is what you're gonna get with Tom Brady. He's gonna look like Tom Brady when he was thirty, and he's gonna look like the Tom Brady at forty three. And last night we saw the forty three version. So we don't know which one's going to show up, but I, I, I think Andy finally has Tom Brady's number, and uh, I'm not anticipating that. The New Orleans game scares me. I still think the Saints are, are one of the best teams in the NFC, if not the best team. When they play like they did last night, very few teams are going to beat them. I think Drew Brees has got a bigger chip on his shoulder uh, than any other quarterback in the NFC right now, especially if this is his last year. Um, you know, So, again, it's a, it's a tough schedule. 
I don't expect. I, I, I think if the Chiefs lose out of that out of those teams, I think the one that probably lose to is New Orleans. I mean, that's tough. This is a this is a brutal four four road game stretch, and the Dolphins. You know, there's no easy there's no easy win there too. Even though two is not lighting it up, you know he's playing very well. They're uh, they're motivated. They're hungry. And if the Bills don't watch out, I mean, the Dolphins could win this division, which would be shocking. But, you know, Tua is special, and uh, give him time, too. But um, to answer your question in a, in a roundabout fashion, I, I think the Chiefs lose one of those one of those four road games. Um, I think my guess would be the same. Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. Nick, we will uh, talk to you after the bye week. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Nick Athen. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you. Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. Back to college football and plenty of it. Bama Trent and I will go around college football. Dave Sproul covers Iowa State. He'll be with us at the bottom of the hour. Mr. Monday Night coming up. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.